What That's radio show is this? The Sean Tester Show, of course. When's that? Where's that? Once again, we're broadcasting to you live from the Dad Shack here on beautiful Lake Sawyer in Black Diamond, Washington. And we want to remind all our calling guests that you are being audio recorded and that anything that you share with us becomes property of the show and will be used for profit and worldwide distribution on the Internet. Well, here we are back for another week at the Sean Tester Show. And we're going to touch on a topic tonight that's... Uh, getting worse by the hour, worse by the week, worse by the year, and that's political correctness. Seems to have penetrated our jobs, our churches, our schools, our police departments, and for what reason? For those of you who are in their 50s, you might remember when America was a place where there was free speech and you didn't have to worry about being held hostage by political correctness. You didn't have to worry about what you said in private or at the workplace, possibly getting you sued. You didn't see people turning their backs and looking the other way because a pension or a paycheck was more important than doing the right thing. You didn't see people turn to cowardice and look the other way when they saw something that was wrong. And unfortunately, the side that has generated all this political correctness fear demands that people look at their conscience and out of guilt pay for the sins of the past of their forefathers for things that they didn't even do. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight on the Sean Tesher Show. Some of you have stories out there uh, where this has affected your personal relationships, maybe your marriages your relationships with co-workers, people on sports teams, people at church. And you ask yourself, why? Heck, even in the military, I've heard stories of uh, commanding officers that have looked the other way when they knew that they could have stepped in and made a difference when someone was being accused of something, but they didn't. The pension and the paycheck were more important, more powerful in their consciences, and promotions, stars and bars. It's as if men are too afraid to be leaders anymore, too afraid that when they get home, their wives are going to reject them and not love them because they can't stand up and be men, when in reality, that's what they crave is men who will say no and who will stand up for what's right. It seems as if America has lost its way its direction on the moral roadmap of the world. We're going to entertain that tonight. We're going to give you a chance. You're going to get on the air, and I want the worst stories possible, the most impossible things that have happened that you've either survived or not survived. I want to hear about whether this has made you stronger or if this has broken you in some way or changed your personality. Maybe you've become a people breaker instead of a people fixer, and that's what we're going to talk about. So get ready, put on your seat belts, 
we're going to go on the spaceship of political truth here. And we're going to try and leave this atmosphere behind of fear and find our true selves as Americans once again on the Sean Tesher Show. 425-247-8827. And if you want to email in your comments, you can reach us at trashner at hotmail.com. That's T-R-A-S-H-N-E-R at hotmail.com. Remember that when you call into this show, Whatever you say is being audio recorded, becomes property of this show, and you give us explicit permission to profit from it and distribute it on the worldwide net. With that in mind, let's take our first call. Why, it's Joyce calling in to the Sean Tesher Show. Joyce, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you today, Sean? Well, we're uh, talking about political correctness gone amok and being held hostage by it. Do you want to join in on the conversation? Sure, yeah. I was, um, when I was listening in a little, I was just thinking about that. You know, it's just like in this day and age, you really can't say, you know, what's on your mind anymore without it being a problem, you know. And um, I, I've noticed that even with, like, the different gender conversations and sexuality conversations, like, it's getting to a point where, you know, one can't really even express anything, including questions about things without it being deemed as offensive, you know, and I don't know if you've seen that same kind of scenario. Well, Joyce, I've not only seen it and heard it, I've experienced it, and I think a lot of other Americans have as well. In my opinion, it's a plan that's been designed uh, to break us, and that's why the First Amendment to the Constitution is the right to free speech, because the founders knew that if you squish people's right to free speech, then everything else would follow. And the second... Amendment is supposed to protect the First Amendment. And if you get rid of both of those, then you've got a society of slaves, people who are no longer free. Um, ultimately, the goal of those in charge of political correctness is to harvest us. Uh, if you say the wrong thing, then they can blame you and say, well, you self-harvested. You, you knew the rules. You broke the rules because you chose to, and this is the consequence. So don't get mad at us. We're just going along with what the rest of the proletariat and slaves want. And ultimately, it's uh, about social engineering and social programming and getting people to forget to think with critical thinking, uh, to question all authority, uh, to even come up with questions, because they might uh, educate themselves, and of course education would free them from their slavery. Uh, one of the first things that they did during slavery times here in America was prevent slaves from learning to read and write. And that whole goal was to keep them from becoming educated and self-empowered. Sure. Now, if you can do the same with people's pronouns, uh, as was pointed out uh, in Canada by a professor at the University of Ontario, Jordan Peterson, uh, if you can force someone to use pronouns that misidentify people, don't put them in the categories that are explicitly scientific versus emotional, then you've got people um, willing to be rolled into a new way of thinking, uh, shoved through a new cattle gate, if you will, and then rounded up for the harvest. And that's why in Canada they're working so hard now to prevent people from having the right to free speech and make it a, a crime, an actual crime to say what's on your mind because it might hurt someone's feelings. And ultimately their goal is to have socialism, which is 
the protection of us all against the few of you out there who might decide to not be good slaves. Yeah, and I mean, even on an individual level, you know, and this is something I thought about the other day, you know, it, it's really not a good situation to be in any sort of, like, relationship where you cannot speak your mind. And, and obviously there's respectful, a respectful way to go about, you know, expressing one's opinion um, and, you know, making sure you're not really hitting certain boundaries. It, it, it depends on your intention. Well, Joyce. But, you know, um, let me make this one point because you brought this up. I don't want to lose this one point. And that is that if I could get you to correct yourself or self-police, then I don't have to fire a gun at you. You've agreed to put the chains on your wrists and to step into the jail and be reprogrammed, uh, be re-educated as the communists used to do is put people in re-education camps. First they took their way of speaking away and their guns and then the right to defend themselves. But you'll always have the right to say no, even if it's your last day on earth. Uh, It's your choice. And the way of communism is to blame you for your own choices and say that you didn't care about all of us. You cared about yourself. You were selfish. Therefore, we have to get rid of you to protect all of us. It's like Mr. Spock used to say on Star Trek, Jim, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. (laughs) even through television programming even through television started in the 60s yeah I mean if you can't even have a friend a friendly conversation with someone to be able to express your opinion or questions or whatever it is without the other person being emotionally triggered and manipulative um, and trying to sway or persuade you to you know not say something or not feel some kind of way um, you know you really have to really kind of analyze those types of situations and think about whether or not that's even it's most of most of, i believe a lot of that like it's just really good red flags for toxic relationships that people miss all the time you know it's like you know the friend that you call they're talking about themselves all the time but as soon as you say something about yourself they don't let you get a word in edgewise or they've never really asked about you know how your day was going and as soon as you say something that they don't like it's you know there's some sort of tension there and you know i think we've all kind of um, dealt with that at some degree and we'll probably have to even look internally to see if whether or not we have done that or been guilty of that as well joyce look at what the social engineers are doing on purpose they know we're they know we're a country with a lot of multiculturalism um i remember dr james banks at the university of washington back in 1988-89 when i was first in teaching school he told us in our diversity cultures class he said you whites in here, by the year 2000, are going to be in the minority, just based on birth statistics. Regardless of the number of abortions that go on, even in with colored babies, he said, you're going to be in the minority, and he said, they're going to be coming after you. I remember that. Now, he's retired, uh, and he still lives in Seattle. I called him up one day, and I left him a voicemail. I said, Dr. Banks, you were so right. And it's not something I fear. It's something I welcome. Because we're all diverse, uh, none of us has to be born a certain way or be born in a certain religion. Ultimately, we have the choice to be whoever we want to be. Uh, and the people that tell us, well, you need to look for difference and you need to point out people's differences and you need to find fault with them first, never taught a person to grab a mirror and look at himself or herself and look for his or her flaws first. And that's all part of social engineering and social programming. Divide and conquer. Find a reason 
to be jealous, find a reason to be um, saying, well, you're at the top of the pile, I'm at the bottom, and it's because you're rich, I'm poor. And my mom used to say to me a long time ago, eventually it'll reach the haves versus the have-nots. And we can see that now with all the homelessness in all our cities in America. conquer it's about money and power and right it, it, and it's just yeah. all about you know it's like oh you know uh different organizations and and you know as long as you're using these so certain trending topics and slogans you know it's okay but when you really delve deep into the core of uh what's going on at a certain organization or, where, or whatever that person's talking about you'll find out that you know there's a lot lot there that's you know counterproductive to the message that they're each you know trying to uh get out so it's 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 all kind of you know relative in, in a sense you know well it goes back to another term um, haves versus wants needs versus wants right. you need air you need water you need a place to live you need food but do you want those things or you know i i i i want a porsche but i need a volkswagen <laughs> uh, i remember a movie in the 60s with uh, clint eastwood where he rode in between two rival gangs and he got them uh, fighting with each other, and they shot each other dead. Then he just rode in and picked up the gold and rode right out of town. He never fired a shot. It's kind of the same idea, to divide right. and conquer. Uh, point two groups at each other, find, have them find a reason not to trust one another, uh, and it's a fight for who's going to get what at the trough, and if there's anything left over, bring your Tupperware. And do you... Do you I mean, in your experience as an instructor, teacher, and all of the different, um, you know, things that you've done professionally and even academically, uh, do you really think that they put these moles down into certain organizations that, you know, where they'll say one thing, but there are people there to, you know, create a counter effect? Absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I'm the Nazis did that. that. The Nazis, in fact, there have been studies on how, uh, a small group out of Munich was able to take over a whole nation within a few years, and they had the right conditions, you know, massive unemployment. Uh, a, the German people's spirit was broken because they were blamed for World War I and had to pay reparations to the French and British and Americans. Talking a billion dollars, they didn't have it. Most people had lost their homes or family members. Most people were not highly educated, and so it was a perfect breeding ground for people like Hitler to come along. And who do you blame? You blame the Jews, and so everybody turned on the Jews, and they didn't look at themselves. They found an, another reason to hate, and 8% of the population is all it takes, according to social um, psychologists, to get the rest of the group to follow. So out of 100 people, if eight can convince 
or be bullies. It's all it's going to take is eight people to round up the rest of us and put us in the cattle pens and do with us what they want. Most people are too afraid, too afraid to do something, or um, they stop and they wait too long before they make a decision. I'm one of those type of people. I really don't want war. I'd rather have peace, etc. But yeah, there well, there are people. It was Sun Tzu that said something like Sun Tzu that was saying, uh, you know, there's never been a nation that that has profited for a long term amount of time that has been in war for a long term amount of time. You know, so I definitely am in that same boat with you there. Well, you know? think of the Romans. The whole idea of political correctness, politique, poly in Latin means of the people, of the populace. Uh, let's see, correctness what. To correct means to self-guide, to change oneself in a different direction. Uh, and so, again, it goes back to are you self-policing or do you want someone to police you? Which is easier? You know, um, most people give up their freedoms if there's a boogeyman coming out of the closet and they'll scream, protect us, protect us, save us. Think of all the natural disasters happening around the world and how many people are not prepared, haven't saved enough food, don't have money set aside or an emergency plan or a way to contact family members in some other manner other than a cell phone. Uh, most people are, are, are pretty willing to allow themselves to be harvested and not spend the time or the money or develop plans to keep themselves from being harvested, whether it's a, a planned harvest or an accidental harvest. But ultimately, that's what it's about. And so you're told at work, you can't talk because that's, that could create a problem. And if we perceive that you might be a problem, we're going to get rid of you because we can't have lawsuits and we don't, we don't want to have an insurance company tell us we can't bond you or insure you as an employee because you're high risk now. You know, we've already had one incident in six months. If there are two, we need to get rid of you because the chances are very high that you're either going to hit an internal customer or, or an external customer with your words or your fists. Therefore, you're high risk. And you think about criminal behavior and criminal records. People don't really care about the criminal records once a person served his or her time. It's all about insurability. Can insurance policy cover you or not? Are you high risk? Now, if you have some super high talent that we need, like the guy who invented the, um, the breech block closing mechanism on the M1 rifle before World War II, you know, that was a guy who's high maintenance and a, kind of a social pariah, what we would call a Microsoft nerd now. And he was put at the end of a runway in a little building, and somebody was assigned to him to make sure they got him food and all the materials he needed, and that he was left alone. And he sat in there. He was a genius, and he produced the uh, mechanism that would allow the rifle to operate up to eight rounds at every pull of the trigger and then eject a box magazine. Uh, so that they could, you know, shoot as many Germans as they could in World War II while the Germans were shooting back with single-action bolt, you know, rifles. So if you think about it, there's an example of a, a person who uh, was left alone and he was able to create something that helped us all. So my point being, <laughs> if you're politically correct, and you have the means to figure it out for yourself, why would you need anybody to steer you into a cattle pen so that you can be harvested or risk losing everything you've ever worked for uh, just because someone's feelings are hurt? Sure. In the, yeah. in the 60s and 70s when I was a kid, it was common 
to say to another kid, I'm going to get you at recess or wait till after school. And you knew there was going to be a fist fight. And whether you liked it or not, you were going to have to participate, voluntarily or involuntarily. And you learned to fight back or you learned to bleed. And you either ran or you fought. And you learned. It's not fun to see blood running through your fingers. And then what came after that? The anti-bullying programs. You know, you're not allowed to hit back ever. And if someone hit you and you participate in defending yourself, you're in trouble too. Well, what's that all about? What's that all about? Allowing yourself to be harvested and injured? Why? Starts at an early age. You know, line up, be quiet, put your toes together, look at the person's head right in front of you. You're not allowed to talk or walk the way you want to or dress the way you want to because guess what? It's regimentation. It's like the military. And they stem it back to different, you know, theology, like, you know, they'll say stuff like, you know, an eye for an eye makes the old world blind. But some, if somebody hits you in the eye and you're walking around with the only black eye, you know, it's kind of like you need to really defend yourself and be able to do that. And that's a human uh, right that you have to defend yourself physically, emotionally, mentally. And from a young age where, you know, like you say, harvested and, and programmed you know, go against really what our natural uh, inclinations are. You know? Well, like God-given rights versus rights uh, bestowed on you by the crown. Is that what you mean? I'm sorry, what was that? Well, you're talking about God-given rights. You know, the guy's eye gets poked out now he only has one eye left and suddenly he realizes, I better not let someone poke me in my other eye or I'll be blind. You know, right. those rights are, are given to you by God according to our Constitution and no one has a right to take those away. And if you think about why we fought the British, it was the Crown of England that said, no, all rights are bestowed upon you by us, not by God. Therefore, you will listen. You will be good slaves. And the American colonists said only 8% of them was all it took to fight the British. Did you know that? The rest sat at home and did nothing, or they quietly supported the British Army, if you read up on the Revolutionary War in this country. 8% was all it took to defeat the British Army here. And thank God for those people and the persistence of uh, George Washington and others. Or we'd have never found freedom in this in this land. We'd still be paying higher taxes than we're paying now. Right. A lot of the people here don't know that the tax money that goes from toll roads goes to the King of England and King of Spain. And that the Australians actually own our Puget Sound Energy power grid. That was discovered about 15 years ago. A lot of people don't know it. We're, we're already cattle. We're already uh, in a slave system. Um, Russell Means did a really good video on YouTube talking about we're all on the reservation now. Of course, he passed away a few years ago, and he was Native American. and um, He talked about it right at Wounded Knee on the Sioux Reservation. He said, we're all held hostage now. If you look around, we're, you know, try to leave the country without a passport. Good luck. You know, it it says in our Constitution we have a freedom of travel, right? And freedom to associate with whom we want to with no restrictions. Sure. And guess what? What's happened in the last few hundred years? More and more and more restrictions. Try Try and put a coffee can on your sidewalk and build a fire in it and roast marshmallows and see if someone doesn't call the fire department. Or walk down the street with a 22 rifle strapped on your back as we used to in the 70s, we used to bring rifles to school and have shooting competitions right after school. <laughs> Good luck. 
You know, you, what all these massive school shootings, that never happened when I was a kid. You know, if people wanted to solve a problem, they'd just knock the heck out of each other in the playground, and then it was over with. Move on. Right. Heal from the bruises. But now we're a nation of uh, mamby-pambies, too afraid to fight and defend ourselves, and we have to ask permission to defend ourselves. Now, what is that? That's a slave society. So political correctness is really about slavery and whether or not we want to allow ourselves to be enslaved or volunteer ourselves into slavery. And right now, it's easier for people to volunteer themselves into slavery rather than to say, hey, wait a minute, I want to critically think here. Um, why is it illegal to grow a garden in my front yard now? Why is it illegal to have a camper or an RV parked in my driveway? Well, it might offend the neighbors and it might lower the property values and people might think we, leave, we live in Hooverville now and now my house isn't worth as much as the next door neighbors because, you know, they're poor white trash and I'm not. Therefore, we got to get rid of them or the value of all our houses in the neighborhood will go down and we can't retire early and on and on and on and on and on. Or that person painted their home the wrong color. It's going to lower my property values. He's got pit bulls. I've got chihuahuas, which is the better dog. You know, divide and conquer. And a lot of people don't realize what's going on because the programming's like the old frog in the water. You know, you put him in there and you turn on the burner and you start with a low temperature and you gradually turn it up to the point where the, pot, the frog passes out and doesn't even realize it's being cooked. And it's frog soup. Depends on how many of us want to be frogs in, you know, in the soup. So political correctness is really more or less about teaching people to put themselves in the water and turn the burner on and cook themselves for the benefit of the people eating them. Pretty bad, huh? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just wanted to call in and touch base with you on that. I think it's a really good topic. Um, you know, it just really is in a lot of what we do every day and not, not really even noticing in many ways. Well, so, does, yeah. does this uh, stuff that goes on at work, does it make you scared to go to work? Um, some, I guess it, it can cause anxiety for many people, you know. Does it make and you want to eat in the lunchroom when there's a lot of gossip going on and participate in it or not? Or do you just and, eat and at your desk? Yeah. I mean, I try to kind of just focus on I do have a position where I kind of just at the desk most of the time, but I am able to get a good out when I can. But I try to just not even engage, although that, you know, that's in everywhere that you work. There's that type of thing going on, and, you know, it is, it is toxic. You the know? drama trauma. It's going to bring you some yeah. trauma if you participate in the drama, right? In, in any capacity, if you involve yourself in it, you know, even listening to it, believe me, it's going to come back around and, you know. Really or Joyce looked at me the wrong way. She harvested me with her eyes. Right. Joyce undressed me with her eyes. Therefore, I feel offended, and I'm going to turn her into HR, which is human resource. Think about what resources are. Resources are things we consume. We eat right, to stay alive. Right. So are we employees or are we human resources? I mean, the very right. very term itself is is offensive, I think. A lot of people don't right. think, stop and think about the meaning of language, you know. 
So anyway, when you go back to work on Monday, you'll be able to stop and think about, you know, do I want to eat with my buddies or who is my friend? Uh, or is it safer to sit at my desk and mind my own business and just collect a paycheck and go home as fast as possible? Until you're really, really wanting to either move up, even internally, or apply for another position or do something different, you really don't know who your real friends are at work. A lot of people think, you know, they've built strong relationships with their coworkers and things like that. But believe me, once you start to let, let, let it be a situation where you're applying for the same position they either want or have applied for before didn't get, or you know, they they are applying for, uh, you really get to see you know, what people are morally made up of uh, in the way that they will harvest you, you know, because they find you as something that's competitive now or someone who's competitive now before it was okay while, you know, you were doing, you know, the same work they were doing or what they feel was maybe even under them, beneath them. Well, but, Joyce, you know, and if you're not willing to go along with the corruption, if you've got a moral you compass, you're not going to get ahead in today's work world. Right. You're supposed to look the other way. You're supposed to look the other way, not report wrongdoing, unless it happens to you and it might be a lawsuit waiting to happen. And unless you belong to a special group of people that HR is most willing to protect, whether those rights are on paper or not, chances are uh, you're going to be harvested. And pretty soon it's going to be just those type of people running the whole show at work and nobody else to offend them because it's all going to be one type of person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No one will have the courage to even want to go into work, um, let alone start a business. And even people who start businesses, they're going to have to deal with customers. And I can tell you from having been self-employed, uh, if I get any arguments from someone at the very beginning when I'm giving them my professional opinion and they've called me there, they have called me. And we're going to talk about, you know, forming a contract and trading money for work that's based on experience, knowledge, and the right tools and the code. If they're going to argue with me, we're done. I'm going to pack up my tools and say you're going to have to call someone else goodbye. Because it's going to cause me more pain and grief and dollars down the road uh, to deal with those kind of people who really don't understand that uh, part of contracting is, you know, trading honesty for honesty. And even the customer may decide, well, I'm going to add things in here, and you're going to do more free work for me, and I'm not going to pay you for it. Guess what? I've run into those types, too. All it took was one bad experience. I don't do it anymore. I just pack it up and leave. So it's even difficult to be in a business for yourself now, uh, again, because people cry and complain. When I worked in banking, one of the things people did were call in and say, well, um, so-and-so collected the car for me and uh, because I belong to a certain group. I'm just going to tell the bank we're going to sue them because you hurt our feelings. And the bank didn't want to get sued, so they would go ahead and just give the car to the person, write the title off as a loss on their taxes, and move on. It's cheaper to pay them the 2000 so they could keep the car than it was to hire lawyers at 500 bucks an hour. It was a business decision versus a human sense decision. And that hurts us all. And what that taught that person was all I have to do is complain loud enough and long enough to the right person and I'll get everything for free. I won't even have to work for it. And that's socialism. If I can get you to work for me for free, and I don't have to get up off the couch and go to work, that's socialism. 
You've had to work twice as hard. You took the risk, and now you take the loss because I've decided that that's how I want society to run. It has nothing to do with morals. It has nothing to do with ethics. It has to do with what I want and what I'm willing to trade my soul to the devil for. It's not about my fellow man. It's about me, 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 me. And I always tell customers, I want is going to cost, cost, cost. There's always a trade-off. Sorry, I'm just <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. That's why we're talking about this political correctness stuff and being held hostage by it. Nobody wants to be a hostage. Do you want to be a hostage, Joyce? No, I don't. Why not? No, don't. It's supposed to be fun. It's part of being in the social experiment, the socialism that we see now. It's like you're either going to live in a tent or you're not. You know, make your choice. And it's easy to blame it's easy to blame the people who have versus the people who have not when apartment rent behind Safeway here in Maple Valley is nineteen hundred a month for one bedroom. I heard about that the other day. I was shocked. I wouldn't even be able to afford that, even working nineteen hundred a month. Come on. A one bedroom apartment. That's crazy. Yet some people are willing to pay that so they aren't living in a tent. And they wonder why society's divided. Well, how do you divide society? You have one group who has and one group who has not. Guess what it breeds? A perfect condition for war. Very true. Very true. Anyway, something to think about when you go to work tomorrow and allow yourself to continue to be harvested, Joyce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me too. That's pretty much the name of the game. Thanks for calling into the, the Sean Tesher Show. Well, thanks again for having me, Sean. Okay, bye. And we're going to go to our next call-in guest, John Davis. John, you're on the Sean Tester Show. Hey, John, how you doing? Great. We're talking about political correctness, run amok. I'm sure you've got a few tales to tell. Well, I'd like to boil it all down and simplify what political correctness actually is and what its intended goal is to achieve. Political correctness is nothing but a watered-down form of communism to get people to conform to something that's absolutely nonsensical and tyrannical. That's what political correctness is. I, have a, I think that's a pretty good water, watered-down version. I have a different version I'd like to throw in there and stir and then uh, serve. I believe it's training people to turn themselves in and be self-policing and be good slaves. Well, to turn others in, turn their neighbors in. Oh, I forgot that part, yeah. That's important, too. Yeah. East Germany all over again. This has been on the news, I mean, alternative media. There was a guy, uh, uh, an ex-Marine, that made some statements about Antifa. And he, he committed no crimes. He was perfectly uh, within his First Amendment rights. They came and took his guns away, didn't, you know, under the red flag laws. They didn't, didn't charge him with any crime yet, broken any laws. They just come took his guns away. All right? That's political correctness. That's all right? No, that's not all right. No, <laughs> you, it's not all right. You just that, said it. Well, maybe he visited an incorrect website, John. Maybe he, uh, maybe he was surfing in the wrong areas or on the dark web and 
he might be a threat. So we're gonna we're gonna do a little pre-crime thought here, and we're gonna go round him up before he goes psycho and and goes on a rampage with his rifles. Yeah. That's just one example. There's all kinds of examples I could give, and how it's just ridiculous. Well, I'll tell you something, I, John. At one time when my daughter my daughter was in kindergarten, I got a call from her, her teacher, and she says, this is Mr. Teshner? I said, yeah. She says, I have to talk to you about something very serious. Now, this was back in the year 2001. My daughter was six. And I said, yeah, what's going on? She said, your daughter, Monica, is pointing her loaded finger at other children. And I was quiet. I I was shocked. I said, wow, really? And she said, yes. She said, aren't you concerned about that? And I said, absolutely. And she says, what are you going to do about it? And I said, I'm going to have you instruct my daughter to unload her finger. There was a long gasp, and then she hung up. I guess I, I, I didn't give her the right answer. I, I guess I was supposed to beat Monica senseless when she got home. And make her put her finger in the drawer and lock it up. That's part of political correctness. Is that, uh, <laughs> is that guns? Guns are evil. Well, unless it's the government that has them. If, if, if honest, law-abiding people have guns, guns are evil. You know, and you know, which is a bunch of crap. It's you know, what's evil is the person that goes out into a mass shooting or, or you know, kills kills some innocent person. That's what's evil. The evil is the trick. Is the finger behind the trigger, not the gun itself. How about a kid who points his loaded finger at other kids and says, bang, 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 you're dead? Oh, well, you know, we used to play <laughs> cops and robbers, cowboys and Indians, you know, and when I was a kid, we used to do it all the time. Oh, I had, I had a couple of pearl-handled uh, General Patton forty five special cap revolvers. Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh, yeah, cap guns. And, <laughs> and I had a, a Henry rifle with uh, plastic yeah. bullets and you could put caps in it and cycle through them one at a time and shoot as many Indians as I wanted. What I didn't know was I was part American Indian myself, but, you know, looking more white, I decided, they decided, well, you can be the cowboy, but we'll have Buddy over here play the Indian. Okay, he'll be the Indian for now. <laughs> you know, I told somebody once, I, and, uh, somebody, uh, I don't remember what the exact situation was, I was at work, or I, I, thought, I said this when I was a teacher, too, down at college, I said, you know something? I said, I don't care about political correctness. I said, I have never been politically correct. I am not politically correct now, <laughs> and I will never be politically correct. I don't care. And that's my attitude towards it. You mean you won't allow yourself to be a slave? What's wrong with you? Oh, yeah, well, that's, that's the way it is. They don't like it. Hey, too bad. Plug your ears. Well, then we're going to have to send you back to slave reprogramming class and, and teach you to be self-policing self-directing and how to turn yourself in because your thoughts might hurt someone else your words might hurt someone else what's well, something else that politically the political correctness leads to it leads to the thought police every time be more specific john or i'll have to turn you in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. remember you're being audio recorded we could use this against you in the pre-crime thought division of the uh Mega Stasi communism police force. Yeah, well, you know they're 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 going after a lot of people. I think that just want to live a quiet and peaceful life like me. But I do believe in the First Amendment, and I don't believe in political correctness. And 
I don't care to believe in it. Look, I don't want you to refer to me as Z or Zer. I'm a mister, okay? <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> are you a Mr. Davis or are you a Ms. Zer Davis? No, it, it's mister. Hmm. Well, I don't know what to say about that. Let me look it up in my pronoun book. What I would like to ask people that believe in all these genders, because I, I've never heard an answer to this question, but I'd like to ask them, it's how come we don't see that in the animal world? I mean, we see male and female animals. We're too civilized to be animals now. We're, we're beyond that. We're like that episode of Star Trek where our brains have started to grow and we got huge light bulbs for heads. And little yeah. our eyes are at the bottom of the light bulb, but the rest is all brains. Yeah. You've got to believe me. It's for the betterment of the whole group, the whole beehive. And if you don't agree, we're going to have to throw your body out and make sure that you can't get back in. You're on your own. Yeah. We live in a pretty crazy world, don't we? Mm-hmm. Well, John, I think uh, we've hit the nail on the head, and I appreciate your comments and your calling in again today. Hopefully next week we'll have a better topic, if we survive till then, or we haven't turned ourselves in. At least when you turn yourself in, you get three hots and a cot, right? And you got a dry roof over your head. You know, people can go and believe whatever they want. You know, it's really not my concern. All I ask is that they allow me the same courtesy. I told the last caller, it's like this YouTube video I saw with Russell Means. He was an American Indian activist. He lived on the Sioux Reservation passed away a couple of years ago, and his video was called, We All Live on the Reservation Now. He said the government's turned this entire country into a reservation. You can't even leave without a passport. you got to get permission to get off the reservation. Yeah. Good point. Sad, isn't it? It is. Or try going down to a food bank. You have to sign in. They have to issue you a card. They want to know how much food you've been assigned, how many calories, how many you took this week versus next week? Are you sharing the food with anybody else? Do you plan to sell it and make money? Because that's fraud. Can you imagine that? And if I see you feeding the homeless, I'm going to throw you in jail and ticket you. Because we can't control what you give to the homeless. Don't you dare feed the homeless without us being able to be there to police it. You, you may have committed a, an over-calorie crime. You may have given that person too much starch, and that person is now subject to diabetes because of you. So i got to protect them from you and your overzealous kindness. Yeah. I think that should fall into the category of personal responsibility. You know, I mean, people, they want to eat things that aren't good for them. That's up to them. Well, we're, you don't understand the majority of us are stupid, and we need the government's help. Otherwise, we die. Good for you, John. Thanks for calling in. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. And I'd like to thank today's call-in guests, Joyce and John. Uh, We look forward to hearing from other guests as well. If you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like covered, don't hesitate to email us here at trashner at hotmail.com. That's T-R-A-S-H-N-E-R at hotmail.com. Or you can call us at 425-247-8827. We'd be happy to put your ideas out there on the show, which would make it more interesting for all. Thanks for participating. Have a good week. What uh, radio show is this? The Sean Teshner Show, of course. When's that? Where's that?